Welcome to Leading with Empathy and Allyship, where we have deep, real conversations to build empathy for one another and to take action to be more inclusive and to lead the change in our workplaces and communities. I'm Melinda Brianna Epler, founder and CEO of Change Catalyst and author of How to Be an Ally. I'm a diversity, equity, and inclusion speaker, advocate, and advisor. You can learn more about my work and sign up to join us for a live recording at ally.cc. All right, let's dive in. So hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking with Rebecca Bastian and Katie McBratney, co-founders of Own Trail, about how they have blazed their own trail as entrepreneurs, building a platform from the ground up that is intentionally diverse, builds empathy, encourages authenticity, and creates impact for women globally. So hello, you two. How are you? Hello. Good. Happy to be here. Yes. Excited excited to be here. Doing well. Okay. So let's jump in. Um, can you each tell us a bit about you and your, your background stories and then uh, how you came to do the work that you do together? So I am, I guess, professionally, before doing Own Chill, I was at Zillow for 15 years. I was one of the early employees there. And through product management to be vice president of product. And then the last couple of years there, I was vice president of community and culture, which is when I first met you, Melinda. We did a couple of tech inclusion events together, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and really that intersection of product strategy and creating equitable systems and social impact is really kind of that sweet spot that, that drives me. I wrote a book towards the end of my time at Zillow called Blaze Your Own Trail, which is um, kind of a choose your own adventure exploration of the different decisions and pathways that women take through our personal and professional lives, really with the goal of kind of experientially showing that there is no one right path through life and that there's solidarity in a lot of the less talked about experiences that we go through. And the book is actually what led to Own Trail. I didn't think I was starting out to to build a company, but I was kind of working on what I thought would be a cool book launch platform and just started having a cascading number of ideas around problems to solve and, and ways to solve them through, you know, ultimately what is women sharing our authentic journeys through life. And I met Katie right around that time that I was just starting to work on that. And she can tell you a little bit more about, about that meeting. She sometimes describes me as like, she asked me out on a free friend date because she thought I was delightfully weird. <laughs> You, you said that even you said that even better than than I do. Uh, no, yeah, it was it was right around that time that I had met Rebecca. Um, my background professionally has been almost exclusively in marketing swim lanes, um, but across lots of different organization types, from nonprofits to the agency world to entertainment. And really, I've been in working to build brands and communities and grow early stage startups for the past eight years or so. And it was a move to Seattle for my partner's career that led me to even be in the time and place to meet Rebecca. I was a new parent. Um, I was having a hard time finding my people in Seattle. And I happened to go to an event where Rebecca also went. We both almost skipped it. Thankfully, we did not. And I remember how she stood out during intros by being unapologetically herself, by not recycling the same old 30-second bio leading with what you do for a living. And I thought that was really cool and really compelling. And so I did. I asked her out on a friend date. And it was on this friend date over coffee that she told me not just more about her book, but about this idea that is now on trail as as we know and love it. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't get the idea out of my mind. And soon after, she asked me to come on board as an advisor. And even 
sooner after that, I was all in as a co-founder. Can you say a bit about what Own Trail is uh, so everybody has a good understanding before we move deeper? So Own Trail is a platform where women visualize and navigate our life paths. Um, the foundation of that is women's trails. So that's basically a series of interconnected milestones that span our past, present, and aspirational life um, across our personal and professional lives um, that really authentically share who we are. So not just the, the highlight reels or the, the kind of end results that you might see on like LinkedIn or social media, but like the authentic journeys behind them. And from that foundation of authentically owning and sharing our story, women are connecting with each other and you have a really vibrant community that's formed and it's really catalyzed with women helping each other. So through our trails, we can ask for help on the different things that we're navigating and the community rallies around and helps with that. And so it ends up being a really kind of intimate support system of both being there for each other and connecting in very real ways, but also getting things done and progressing through our lives the defines the the purpose and fulfillment that we're looking for. And Rebecca, we've known each other for a few years now. And so I know that diversity, equity, inclusion are really important to you and also your background in, in product and kind of combining them together. You, As you were building this platform, you were building with diversity, equity, inclusion in mind. Can you talk about how you did that, what, what that process was like? Either one of you, both of you. Say the delightful thing is being able to build a company and build a product with these attributes at its core, as opposed to something that's kind of tapped onto the side, right? And um, I feel so lucky to be able to build with an incredible team something that, you know, OwnTrail is inherently an inclusive platform. It's inherently an intersectional platform. The way that we operate internally, the way that we work with our community, which is we, we do a very community-led kind of development process and ideation process, but but just the values that are really driving us along the way are like, it's, it's all centered there. And so we launched about a year and a half ago. And, you know, from day negative one, this has been really the core of, of how and why we've been building. And it's just so much, I guess, easier in some ways. Like it's, it, it just makes so much more sense to be making decisions inherently based on creating a space where inclusivity and safety are really at the core of it. And a big part of the power of own trail is in seeing people who look like us in the places that we aspire to. And so like diversity has to be core to that because in order for everybody to be able to see someone that whose identities and experiences resonate with them, you need really inherent diversity across the community. And we've been growing that since the beginning as well. So also building a platform that is women centered is also very similar to the sense that that is baked into the core, right? So by centering experiences and intersectional identities that for better and mostly for worse, the world hasn't been designed for just fundamentally shifts our building from the features to the security measures to even how we speak to our to our community. We don't say users. We don't use dehumanizing language because we don't believe that that values the individual, that that creates safety and authenticity. At, at the end of the day, we're people building for people and keeping that human first mentality is really, really core to being able to execute on any diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, any of those efforts. It really starts from being able to always see people as people and not movable numbers on a spreadsheet. 
Can you talk about some practical ways that that plays out? And, and I think you, in terms of the community centered design and also or in human centered design and kind of what does that look like at a, at a practical level as people are listening who may be able to influence product design? Um, what, what does that look like? I think there's one and I know Rebecca, you've got a ton from the product side because that is, we are a product led company. One thing that's different from a marketing standpoint in terms, mm-hmm. especially in the startup world is not forcing people through a funnel against their will and kind of badgering them to share their, our, their authentic story. As we put ourselves out there and share some things that are vulnerable or maybe process some of the milestones in our life, we want to hold space versus push people through to a conversion goal. And while we are growing rapidly and we want to encourage as much growth and create a diverse, robust environment and collection of trails, we also know that, that we can't be successful in that if we push people through marketing funnels. So part of that is having a very intentional um, yet still growth-oriented mindset where we, again, we treat people like people and we respect their choice to share their information, to share their story and to tell it in their own words, which is also part, um, Rebecca, of, of how even people create their trails. Yeah, I mean, I think like to what Katie's saying that the making sure that everyone has agency over how and what they're sharing is, is really important for safety and just respect. Right. Um, so we have different, different settings for that, you know, women can choose to use their real names or anonymous screen names. You can mark different milestones on your trail as being private that only your um, explicit connections can see them. I think like even taking a step back in terms of the how, you know, one thing that we've done from the beginning is just building strong relationships with the members of our community and talking with them all the time, you know, and I think there's this kind of archaic version of building a company, which is that like, we are the company, we know what you need, this is how you're going to use it, you're going to like it, you know, and kind of shoving it down people's throats in that way. And, um, you know, kind of to what Katie was saying in terms of not having a formulaic funnel that you're pushing people through, it's also just like, not being arrogant enough to think that that we know exactly how people want to use what we're building mm. or what they need. And, you know, we, we have some really big visions that are guiding us, but like we've made big decisions too along the way in terms of how we execute on those visions based on what the community has shared with us and having that two-way communication. You know, we always say that we're building this with the community, not for the community. And I think that that's a really big differentiator, which, um, you know, I won't go off totally on a tangent, but I think when you look at a lot of what's happening with this new Web3 space, like, yes, there's technology and there's new models around that, but inherently it's really that it's like more community-based. And I think in a lot of ways, even though we're not building on the blockchain right now, we have a lot of that kind of ethos in terms of how we're approaching the entire process of building out this company. Yeah. And I think that there's some practical tactics around, you know, interviews during, you know, research interviews user testing, those kind of things along the way, but also having lots of organic, passive and active feedback loops and throughout everything and not only aligned to to our goals as a business, but very much being responsive and receptive to hearing what other goals our community has that we might serve. And I think it's that service mentality that Mm -hmm. that is part of that. We are building with, not for, and you can feel the difference when a company is is talking at you versus with you. And we must certainly always want to be talking with. It helps us build better. It helps us have the impact that we want rather than than thinking that we know it all. We're very um, aware that we don't know what we don't know. And there's a whole amazing world of women out there that, that know a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Also, it's just more fun this way. Like, this is the most fun <laughs> I've ever had in my career. Like, you know, we're just making new friends all the time and it's just it's very invigorating. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to kind of, as a result of doing this, what we'll talk about a few things. One is the diversity of the platform and the, the kind of the way you're thinking about intersectionality. You want to talk a little bit about that and both as, um, as white founders um, building a platform, but, but intentionally thinking about intersectionality and in that what has led to a diverse group of a group, diverse community. So, you know, everything from kind of tactically, which is that, we do ask about the identities that people hold, which I think, um, you know, it's all optional, but we, we ask about a lot of different identities, which lets us be able to sit here and, and tell you accurately also like who is on our platform, which is more than 50% women of color. We have women from, I think about 50 different countries now, ages from 18 to 75. I think we, we index kind of higher than us averages for LGBTQIA and ability, disability, different abilities. So like the, the result is that we're both collecting that information, which I think a lot of times people are just like, you know, there's this whole kind of not comfortable asking those things. Like there's not that many platforms out there that, that even ask about or create space for those identities. But I think that, you know, which kind of, I think people find comfort in that like kind of colorblind mentality of like, you know, we just don't talk about it, but it's like, I think recognizing that the identities that we hold are such an important part of our experience as we navigate our lives and embracing that. And we're not displaying those identities on people's profiles or anything like that, but it's used to be able to like, you know, that, that scenario I talked about of like, what are the trails of people that hold my same identities or same experiences and finding solidarity and inspiration in that, um, you know, who's someone who I really identify with, who's in this place that I might be working towards in my own life. And so kind of from an implementation standpoint there, that's been a big one. But I think also, you know, We've talked about just the fact that Own Trail is the framework for people's stories. Like it's it's creating space, right? Like we're not filling in those stories. The stories belong to each of the women that's sharing her trail on Own Trail. And so by thinking intersectionally in terms of like how we spread the word about Own Trail, which has been growing all organically so far. And I think it helps that we started with some some pretty diverse networks to begin with, and that kind of helped propel some of some of those network effects. But but, you know, also just like who, whose stories were amplifying and highlighting, you know, I've, I'm able to leverage my Forbes column to do different interviews of trailblazers. And those are really primarily focused on the stories that you don't normally hear, the people that you're not usually seeing in, in the news and trying to, to do more both on our platform and on our platforms outside of Own Trail to, to really create space and amplify a really diverse range of voices and experiences. Yeah. And I think as, as white founders, it's our responsibility to be aware of and acknowledge our, our privilege that we have. We do have it. And to use that to create space, to amplify others, to hold space for others, to to pass the mic and, and all of those other acts of allyships, and also to check our privilege when that's appropriate. And uh, Rebecca and I often have very authentic conversations with each other, and I feel fortunate that we have chosen to partner together where we can have those conversations about identities and privileges that we hold, or that might be different between the two of us. Um, Because as both as white founders, like we of course have intersectional different identities and experiences that that form our perspectives and um, any even implicit biases that we have. So being able to create a culture where we can discuss that, especially founder to founder, I think is really valuable in how we build and how we lead and creating space to have a team that 
that isn't centered around us. Um, and I think that that's a very important thing about how we're building own trail. And that's personally really important to both of us is that it is, isn't, and it never has been around the two of us whenever we can use, use our platforms to lift up own trail and the people on it. That's amazing. And, and we, we are grateful for that, but at the same time, it's not the Rebecca and Katie show. It's, it's the own trail. And there's an entire world out there of, of trailblazing women that, that we think and truly believe deserve space and the spotlight. So the platform, I, I spent a little time um, perusing it uh, and, and creating my own trail uh, last night. And it requires you uh, to, I mean, because you're creating a path, a past path and then the future, ideally, and and you can set up beacons to ask for help and and guidance. And, and, and it's folks that are pivoting in their career or they're pivoting in life, like major transitional moments. So it requires being vulnerable and requires some real authenticity to, to really plan that out and to, um, to ask for that help. So there's, a, I think, something to be learned here, both for people who are developing platforms and for anybody who's working to create psychological safety so that people can be vulnerable and authentic. Um, how are you thinking about that? How are you building that? What are the components there? Ooh, I love this question. I love this idea about, about building fundamentally differently, right? It's not just a technical paradigm or a, a narrative paradigm shift of how we tell our stories, but it's it's fundamentally building a company that kind of is an antidote to how social media as we know it exists, where it gamifies <laughs> right. our attention. It monetizes our experiences instead of prioritizes them. And we're very intentional about not engineering in FOMO, about creating psychological safety that really has those agency uh, mechanisms built in. And that's really fundamental, I think, to to all of how we're building that. What were you going to say, Rebecca? Yeah, I mean, completely agree with what you said. I was, I was actually going to dive into kind of a, like, what are the ingredients part of it? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I think the core, like we've talked about, is safety and agency, right? Like, without that, nothing else really matters. And kind of like Katie was getting at, is like, like we have network effects like social media essentially, but that's really where the similarities stop. And we're like, we will never be advertising based. We will never sell people's data. And I think when when you're making that decision, it really opens you up to create different dynamics in terms of how people interact with the platform. Like we don't have to create the, the FOMO or the doom scrolling or the popularity contests that are kind of inherent to social media dynamics. Also what we've seen, which is really cool, is that by creating a the basis of safety and agency and not commoditizing humans, then that opens up people to be authentic. But then what ends up happening is that authenticity leads to more authenticity. And what we've seen is that, so we actually measure the percentage of what we consider to be vulnerable milestones on a trail and Mm -hmm. the percentage of trails that have both personal and professional milestones, which even that in itself, like in a world where we're asked to compartmentalize our personal professional lives, aggregating the two is an act of authenticity as well. And so when we look at that, they've been going up steadily over time. And what we believe is happening there is that when when women see other people sharing such vulnerable and authentic experiences, then you're like, and we've heard people say this too, is that like, oh, that's okay to do here. This is a space where that's okay. And there aren't like, a lot of it's like, well, you never asked, you never gave me the space, you know, it's not that I don't want to share that, but it's just like, LinkedIn, that's not okay to share there. You know, like I go on social media and I see everyone's like picture perfect 
family photos and, you know, like this is where I can be raw. And so it creates a feeling of safety that then, you know, it's kind of a cycle that, that keeps going. And we, the reason we're measuring those things is because like, we know that if we don't keep trust and authenticity high and growing, nothing else matters. Like we could do all the the growth and engagement and everything in the world, but we're not going to be fulfilling our mission without keeping that really high level of authenticity on the platform. Yeah. And I think fundamentally, right, the reward of posting your your social media perfect is the algorithm gives you, you know, a little pat on the back. It gives you gives you more access. It gives you more followers. It gives you that that like counter that makes you feel like you're winning. And we believe that by sharing your trail and connecting with others, that's winning, right? There's no way to win at own trail. You can't be the the most popular. And because we aren't building in those those binary winner take all mentalities, we don't have likes on own trail. The the closest thing we have is an appreciation button. And First of all, you might see someone's vulnerable milestone and you don't like that they had a miscarriage, but you appreciate that they are sharing that experience. And so appreciation is a much richer form of letting someone know that you see them and that you're grateful or that all of the multitude of meanings that it could have. And it's also a private notification. So if I I appreciate Rebecca's trail, it's just me. She gets the notification saying that I did it. It doesn't need the world to know. The world doesn't need to know how many times Rebecca's trail was appreciated because it's about her feeling seen and that other person letting someone know. And especially in a world where our our likes and our interests and our experiences, even the vulnerable ones, and sometimes especially the vulnerable ones, are being counted and, and monetized against. We believe that there's a lot of power in the action of connecting with other people being the reward itself and not us as a platform giving you a cookie for doing what we want you to do. Yeah. Uh, so going into that a little bit, um, Katie, you mentioned acts of allyship in this and those beacons that people send out that's, that's a, a call for help, support. And that is uh, when people answer that, that is allyship, right? So how are you um, designing to increase allyship on the platform. I think that's like a, something that a lot of people would want to know. Yeah. We were just talking about this earlier in, in a meeting, Rebecca, why don't you, you had some great, some great thoughts that, around how we've built, but also how we're building towards it. So first of all, I think one of the first steps towards allyship is just being able to really hear other people's experiences. Right. And so I think just the, the ability to understand someone's journey from their trail is step one, right? Because you can't mm-hmm. like, I don't think you can fully be an ally until you understand what someone's going through. And of course, this is more individual allyship when you look at an individual person's trail. But, you know, there's there's also trends that can be deduced. And we're actually filling in a lot of the gaps in data that is understood about an intersectional perspective on what women experience in their lives, too. So that kind of leads to greater, like identity-based allyship too. But um, Yeah, and building empathy. I think when you see people's trail and, and how they've come to where they are, the ups and downs um, along the way, that does build empathy too. Yeah. And then from there, you know, I think also like sometimes misguided allyship can look like trying to do something for someone that they don't actually want you to be doing, <laughs> right? Or that they haven't asked for. So that's why like it can be so powerful to, to ask for help. And sometimes the help is really tactical, like I'm looking to get 
this specific job. Can you introduce me to a hiring manager for X, Y, and Z company, right? Like very specific things. But sometimes the help is even just like, I need advice on this situation from someone who's been in, in it before. And the powerful thing about the latter actually is that like non-consensual advice can be damaging, right? But sometimes people who want to be acting as an ally or want to be supportive offer that because they don't know where to be helping out. And so being able to like know this is what someone wants help on and this is how they want help and this is from like what type of person they might want it from really takes away a lot of the assumptions there and gives really concrete steps to be a an ally, a supporter, a friend, an accomplice, any of, you know, any of the things that fit in there. Yes, and, so. and be- because it's rooted to, it's con- uh, a help beacon is connected directly to a milestone that's a part of a full trail, you have context and, and, it's, and it's harder to fall into the, the trap of defining someone by a single experience or request or things like that. You can, you have more context and can see them as a more real person. So kind of going back to step one, in case people try to, or, or think that it's easy just to skip past that, there's always a connection back to seeing that person as a whole person and not only for that one element of who they are. So I think that those two things work really well um, in interplay together. And I guess the other the other part of that that we were riffing on earlier was who is like, what does it mean to be an ally to yourself, right? <laughs> because, you know, we we give so much mm-hmm. to others often, um, especially, you know, I think women inherently give are, are givers, right? And so sometimes being an ally to yourself is empathy for your own journey, right? It's not always just empathy for someone else's journey, but it's understanding, owning, and empathizing with your own journey. And helping yourself. And sometimes helping yourself looks like asking for help from others, right? Because it can be scary to ask for help. It can take work to ask for help. And sometimes just asking for help is an act of allyship to yourself. And so I think that when we think about the power of the own trail community, it's how are we helping each other and ourselves, right? And it's that combination that makes it so powerful. Yeah, somebody once described, one, a member of our community once described help beacons as opportunity generators. And I love that because it is, it is bi-directional. It isn't a hierarchy. It isn't imposing assumptions or power dynamics over it. It's very much a community-based, collective-minded thing. And, and help doesn't have to imply weakness or deficit or a lack. It's creating, it's generating opportunities for people that are wanting to help, but to help in the right way. And to be an ally to others and to yourself, I think is really important when you think about generating opportunity overall and how that can really be an ultimate form of allyship. Yeah, we um, is, is, we had a, a conversation with um, Kelly Hoey um, around networking and how women network differently and how successful women network differently in episode 60. And and I would say there's a lot of, lot of things that you're building in the platform that she was talking about in terms of just having different concentric networks that you um, women need to really advance in their careers and ask for help, having that ask, that beacon, uh, sending that beacon out and asking for help. So there's a lot of commonalities there, uh, a lot of, lot of synergy um, with this, this conversation and the one we had a, a few weeks ago. So can you give us some examples of how women are being allies for each other? You, you kind of see it a little bit, but if you could say a little bit more. Yeah, so this is this is actually like one of our favorite things to talk about. There's so many examples and they're all powerful in their own way. I think a lot of times we feel like we need to reserve our ask for help or our ability to help. Like we have this scarcity mindset, like, oh, this is going to be my one ask. And that what we're seeing on Untrail 
is very much indicative of the abundance mindset where you can put out lots of different asks and they can be big, they can be small, they can be life-changing or just helpful. And they're all great. One of them has been uh, women who have stepped into to be accountability buddies for writing or wellness goals. And it create and really forge this, this relationship that exists on own trail, but also off platform, right? There have been uh, women connecting each other to coaches, to making introductions to hiring managers, to doing uh, resume reviews. And there was one woman who actually posted a milestone of getting a thousand beta users for her tech company and was wowed by the number of women who, who were like, I'll sign up. Who else can I invite? And was just overwhelmed with the people that were just like, sure, absolutely, we'll we'll step in. And then some of them are also more personal where someone is healing or going through maybe a medical issue and just really wants people to, to have some solidarity and accountability for. Um, and that's been really, really amazing. Everything from uh, One Help Weekend I love and I personally didn't know I needed to learn from was about building a best ergonomic at-home workstation. And what I think is really powerful, especially about some of these public beacons, is they're evergreen in their their helpfulness, right? I didn't know I needed to improve my work-from-home setup, but my body is already thanking me from two other people having that conversation and helping each other out. Rebecca, do you have a favorite? Or, I mean, they're not favorites, but a shining example that I that I haven't thought of? A lot of the the solidarity and advice ones are very moving to me, right? Like kind of like you said, some of those personal things where it's not so much that there's like an absolute solution here, but it's like, I need to know I'm not alone in this. I need to know it's going to get better. I need to know that like hear from other people that have been through a similar situation, you know, things with, you know, everything from like internal things like self-doubt or, you know, things of anxiety or just, um, the how you view yourself kind of things to like relationships and like you said health things and you know all sorts of just the the vulnerability that gets shared in some of those health beacons as as women are like I'm here to help you I've been there you know like that those ones really warm my heart a lot and it's just there's so much power in that too you know and I think that those are those are really examples of why we chose the name beacon we, we wanted to be very intentional from the beginning of not falling into transactional nature because it's really hard to have that psychological safety, that that equity and that inclusion when it feels like there's a there's a tip for tap, there's a hierarchy, there's a give and take. And those solidarity ones, I feel like are examples of people being like putting out their beacon. It's like a personal bat signal and they're just, they want to be seen. And they want to hear from people who maybe see themselves a little in that, whether it's currently past, present, future. Um, that's really, really valuable. And what we found, and you know, I think was our, our gut instinct from even when this was the seed of an idea, is that while tech companies tend to measure things in quantitative clicks, that doesn't necessarily indicate the power of those actions. So like, for example, putting out a health beacon to hear that you're not alone in, in grieving the loss of a relationship, it might be a few dozen keystrokes, but the power that that action has can be absolutely life-changing. And that's really what we're, what we're building for. So can you talk a little about the why, why, 
Why, why did you decide to build this platform? Why is it important to you that, that women are blazing their own trails? What, what, what started this inside of you? The initial why was very observation-based, which is that, you know, myself, as I've been in more kind of leadership and mentorship and friendship um, positions in my life, I just keep talking with more and more women from, you know, across the board that there seems to be this consistent idea of like, I need to know where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. I'm worried I'm going to get it wrong. Um, I need to compartmentalize my life in these ways. There's like, there's the right way of doing it and I'm missing it, you know? And I guess maybe it's the the benefit of <laughs> being very nonlinear and life with plenty of failures mixed into it myself. And I'm like, no, there isn't, there isn't a right. And I think like that was really what drove me both to write the book and start own trail was this idea of like, when you open yourself up to the idea that there is no one right path and that some of the most fulfillment and satisfaction and success can come from really just being yourself and staying open to possibilities and, and lifting up others as you lift yourself up. And that, that really kind of abundance mindset that comes from community, like those I think are the keys to, to success and happiness. And I really just wanted to kind of find ways to experientially discover that for more people, because I think that we live in a world where, you know, everything from like, just kind of society overall to familial influences and certainly like em- employment <laughs> influences and all over the place. Like we're being told how to be, what boxes to fit into and how to do it. And it starts to it, like, it's no wonder that people feel like they're supposed to be getting it right. Like we're told to get it right, you know? And so I just, I really want to push back on that idea. And um, it's amazing to see as more and more women that hold so many different identities around the world are sharing their journeys, both the beauty and like all the differences in what we experience, but there's so many commonalities too. And a lot of those commonalities are that we've been held back by different different systems and different expectations that aren't serving us. And so the way that that we're able to come together to push back against those and, you know, essentially blaze our trails through life together is it like already we're seeing so much power in that. And really we're just getting started. And um, we, we talk about the ripple effects a lot what happens when women start really kind of pushing back against those systems and working together to, to move forward in the way that serves us. And like, the ripple effects from that are both systemic and personal and incredibly powerful. Yeah. And it was, the, it was that ripple effect that led me to be where I am today talking to you and being on this own trail journey. Because when I met Rebecca, I wasn't looking to co-found a company. I hadn't thought of anything like this idea before. I knew my next career move would be to do something on my own, but I had no idea what it was and I wasn't looking yet. But when she mentioned this idea, the power and the potential that the sea change that women everywhere, regardless of industry, geography, generation, life stage, if we all could let go of this myth of one right path and follow our path, I truly believed and still believe that that can change the world and the change that so many of us are are trying to accelerate in lots of different arenas. But from this one place of confidence and clarity and a sense of belonging of following and blazing your trail that affects your work life, your relationships, your relationship with yourself. And I think that that's a, a truly unstoppable force that, that if we catalyze and mobilize it all together, we could make the world into a lot better shape than it is now. What would you say to 
people who are just starting to build a, a platform, whether that is entrepreneur, an entrepreneur or a product designer, product developer, um, UX designer, what would you say to them as they're um, just starting to build so that they really are thinking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and also empathy and allyship and, and building those into the core? Yeah, I think like community is the is the short answer there, which is mm-hmm. both like, you know, look at the community of who you're building for, really name the identities that that you want to be serving. And hopefully they're a lot bigger than the ones that you hold yourself, right? And then building relationships with that community. So like having having a diverse community of people that you're building the platform for and with and making it with, right? Building with them and building those relationships. But then also I also highly recommend having a diverse community of people that are doing similar things to what you're doing, right? Like in our case, like there, we have some really powerful founder communities that we're part of. And I think that being able to share notes with people and, you know, like we, we don't all have to be on an island thinking like we're the only ones doing this. Like anything worth doing is probably worth doing in a lot of different ways at the same time. Right. And so like for us, like we're friends with, we've become friends with a lot of people who are building platforms and communities for, for women in different ways. And we find ways to collaborate with them and we share notes and we support each other. And I think, and then also just, you know, founders in general is like founding a startup is such a unique experience that like having other people that are going through it at the same time to, to commiserate with and celebrate with and all the things in between. Like, so I think across the board, like having communities that you're in it with and making sure that those communities are incredibly inclusive and have really diverse representation across the different experiences that are going to be valuable to learning and growing and making sure that that you're building for everybody. I would only add to that too, kind of little, I don't know, things that I've jotted on post-it notes and stuck to my desk before, but one is be human first, be a human always. And letting that guide you, especially when you're at a fork in the road or when there's maybe internal misalignment or, or friction is like, be a human first. And who are you serving and, and how are you feeling? And I think that that can really recenter you into building and developing something for people. And then the other one is to know and work by your values. I think a lot of times mm-hmm. company or personal values get talked about in a hypothetical and not in terms of a practice. And if your values aren't apparent in the work that you're doing and how you bring yourself to that work, then they're just like nice things on a poster or an about page. And um, those need to be the constellation that is always guiding you. And those two things in combination can support each other and give you the freedom to have strong opinions loosely held to build with community to ask questions to show your notes when we've been taught to to hide our work and and uh scroll away knowledge those can be just like very helpful pillars to cling to when other systems you know capitalism and all of that come knocking at the door and pull your attention and and focus Mm. away Mm. yeah absolutely two more quick questions one is where can people learn more and get involved yeah, at owntrail.com. <laughs> I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes too. We will. AIL.com. Would love for anyone that feels comfortable in a woman-centered space to share their trail on Own Trail. And please like recommend it to other people that you think would both benefit from, you know, having the form to authentically share who they are and connect with 
others in that way, but also like who you're curious about their stories, right? Like I, I love the ability to, I use it as a way to reach out and be like, I'm really fascinated by, by what you've been sharing or by what I've been watching you do from afar. I'd love for you to share your trail on your trails, like learn more. And um, it's, you know, a lot of times people will, you just, sometimes you just need to be asked. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like we think of trailblazers as like Serena Williams, which like, obviously, of course, but um, if you ask me personally, who's been a trailblazer in their life or someone who they think whose journey has been exceptional and and fascinating and super interesting, it's usually somebody who's a lot more quote unquote approachable. It's their, their teacher, it's their colleague, it's their sister, it's their friend and inviting them to share their trail is actually a nice, a nice little sign that you you see them and you respect them. Um, and when you're on own trail, you can connect with Rebecca and I, and of course, learn more about our journeys because as Rebecca said, they have been, they have been non-linear. There have been hits and there have been misses <laughs> and a lot of stuff in between. So yes, we, we'd love for you to join us there and to connect with us individually there as well. Awesome, awesome. Um, and my last question to you is, so usually I ask people at the end of the session to to make one action, whether that is an act of empathy or an act of allyship, um, what is that one action? So I want to ask you both um, if you have one action um, that you would recommend based on what we've talked about today. Stepping aside and giving space for people to to show up and to share who they are the way that they want to and being there to to hear that and to amplify that in in the ways that they want, I think is, is a really powerful action. And, you know, Trail is a great place to do that, but you can also just do that through through your daily life as you're interacting with people. I would add to treat yourself with the grace that you extend to others. Mm. I think oftentimes that act of we're we're very focused on being empathetic and having external allyship, and also sometimes the doctor needs to heal thyself. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you both so much for this conversation. Um, and I want to um, also just mention there's a couple of episodes that if you're interested in this topic and learning more about this topic and you haven't listened to them or watched them yet, um, I, I mentioned the episode with Kelly Hoey, uh, episode 60, where we talk about how women network. And then also on episode 13, episode 13, uh, we spoke with Brenda Darden-Wilkerson about women champion women as well. So um, take a look at both of those, episode 13 and 60. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca and Katie. I really appreciate this conversation and and all the work you do. Thank you. It was great chatting with you and love love all of the the storytelling you're doing around this area. Awesome. Um, All right, everyone, we will see you next week. To learn more about this episode's topic, visit ally.cc. Allyship is a journey. It's a journey of self-exploration, learning, unlearning, healing, and taking consistent action. And the more we take action, the more we grow as leaders and transform our communities. So what action will you take today? Please share your actions and learning with us by emailing podcast at changecatalyst.co or on social media, because we'd love to hear from you. And thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel and share this. Let's keep building allies around the world. Leading with Empathy and Allyship is an original show by Change Catalyst, where we build inclusive innovation through training, consulting, and events. Appreciate you listening to our show and taking action as an ally. See you next week.